Michael John Bobak said all progress takes place outside the comfort zone. Winston Churchill said success is walking from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. David Brinkley said a successful man is one who can lay a firm foundation with the bricks that others threw at him. Welcome to Make Shit Happen. This is episode number 168. My guest today is Eduardo Adame. Eduardo has a great story. He was born in Mexico City, Mexico, and grew up over there until he was 15, decided to leave. And today, he has become a successful businessman. He owns Rock Mortgage Company in Houston, and he has a story of rags to riches. But how he met his wife, how he traveled from one place to another, and how he had that immigrant mentality and burning his boats, never looking back and never going back. Eduardo is an interesting character and has a lot of good things to say and a lot of good value to bring to people. I enjoyed this episode a lot and I hope you get to enjoy it just as much as I did. Without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Eduardo Adame. Hey guys, if you are in the market for furniture, please visit ExclusiveFurniture.com or visit one of our seven locations in Houston. Exclusive Furniture has 98% of furniture in stock. A lot of people keep asking us, you sure you have it in stock? Yes, we do. It's not just a slogan. We really have it in stock. We can get it delivered to you. Sometimes it gets hard for people to wait for their furniture for six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks. Exclusive Furniture will have it delivered to you the same week, guaranteed. Come see us at Exclusive Furniture com or any of our seven exclusive furniture locations in Houston, Texas. Exclusive furniture where low prices live. Welcome to Make Shit Happen. My guest today is Eduardo Adame. Eduardo, thank you so much for coming and meeting me. Thanks for taking the time. And, uh, you know, I loved hearing your story uh, before we, you know, got in the studio. And, uh, man, I love it. It inspired me. You told me some things that I'm like, man, you know what? I think it was about a week or two ago. I'm like, you got to come over here. We got to do this and, uh, and make shit happen. So, Eduardo... Uh, first of all, thank you so much. For oh, coming. thank you, thank you for having me, man. This yeah. is this is this is fun. All right, so uh, you know, meanwhile, off record, we were talking, and uh, you know, we were like, I was trying to you know hear your story, and and I want people to hear the same story. You grew up in Mexico City. You were born in Mexico City. Three brothers. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, let's see. I grew up uh, in Mexico City. It was a happy family for a little bit. I had dad and a mom. Uh, then my dad lives when I was probably 12 years old and, uh, my mother, uh, raised the three of us by herself and, uh, she was a very hard worker. She was a teacher and uh, she had to have like three, four five jobs. So that's where I get my work ethic from. I mean, I watch her, uh, work day and night, never complain. We'll come home, take a three minute nap. Uh, make dinner for her kids and then go to the next job and never stop, never complain. So that's where I grew up. So her prim primary profession was a teacher, but I guess in Mexico, teachers don't make a lot of money. I think that's worldwide or most countries. But uh, yeah, they make very little money, work hard. I have all the respect for teachers. In fact, I come from a family of teachers. Uh -huh. my, both of my parents were teachers, my grandparents, my uncles. 
education is huge in my family so well awesome and so so now you grew up over there uh you know mom my, you said three brothers mom i'm uh, the middle guy you're the yeah. middle guy my, mom making you know working hard and everything so tell us how what happens next so i saw all my family working so hard and and never having any money never having a vacation or or, or even food i mean we struggled to have food in my house And when I turned 15 years old, I said, you know what? I think I can do better. And um, I told my mom, I said, I love you. And um, uh, I'm going to go try my luck because I don't see the future here in Mexico City. That's me, my personal story. I mean, you know, I know for other people it might be different. But for me, it was like I didn't see a way out. Um, and I just grabbed a bunch of tuna cans, literally, and a couple of dollars, and I left my house and she took me to the bus station and like I was saying like I had always the immigrant mind you know I left and I burned the boats and I was not planning on coming back so I'm gonna come back when I'm successful but I'm not gonna come back crying I, it was never an, an option so I went to Huatulco that was my first uh, destination and I got a job um, at Club Med and I drove a little golf cart and I drove the, the gas to the room And uh, a couple of days later, somebody asked me, said, do, do you speak English? And I said, yeah, I guess. I didn't speak a word of English, but uh, I would take in any opportunity. And they put me behind a bar, and I started bartending. And, and most of the guests were French. You know, Club Med is French, so they would speak French to me and ask me for a drink in French. And I would just make up a, a whatever came to my mind, <laughs> give it to them. And I guess it tasted good because nobody complained. Uh -huh. So plus I was always making jokes and then having a good time and, and everybody's on vacation. So I never really had a problem. Uh, and that's where I started bartending. And then I went from Huatulco. Then I got bored there. said, so this is not happening. I went to Acapulco and I had a few jobs there bartending as well. And I was running a bar there. I was everything. I was the waiter, the bartender, the, the whole. <laughs> and I would get, bring the guests to the chairs and make drinks. It, it was hilarious. Um, but it's still, I didn't see the future there. So somebody mentioned Cancun. And that's when Cancun started, a long, long time ago. And um, I just took a bus and I went to Cancun. And I was bartending at this place. And that's where I met the love of my life. Yeah. who happens to be from Houston. <laughs> from Houston. <laughs> so now, so now this is, can, this, are we talking about 30, 34, how long ago are we talking about? A lot of years. Uh, so yeah. 30s, 30 years ago, 30 yeah, or a little bit more. Yeah, more than 30. Yeah. So now you go to Cancun, and what do you start doing in Cancun? I started bartending as well, just uh -huh. like I was doing, and I, and I got a job at the best club. It was called La Boom. All my La Boom people will know what I'm talking about. Uh, it was the best club of its time. Okay, so it's, it's a nightclub. Yes. Okay. But before I started working at La Boom, I was working at a smaller bar close to La Boom, and that's where I met my wife today. Okay. So she came in, and it was like a love at first sight. And, um, and a few days later, I got the job at La Boom. Okay. Uh, from there, uh, me and my girlfriend at the time, you know, we started dating and Uh, she was there on vacations. She went home. You're talking about your wife, right? My right. wife now. Uh, right. she, she came back home to Houston. I stayed behind. Then she came back later on to Cancun. And, um, and we met at, again. Uh, it was uh, one of those acts of luck. 
and uh, and we started living together, and, and we really fell in love. We're like, this is this is amazing what we had. But we were kids. We're like seventeen years old, and um, her parents obviously. I mean, I had long hair, earrings. Uh, I can imagine the parents coming to Mexico and seeing the boyfriend. Like, what? What's happening here? So she came here back to to Houston, and I decided to come here and try to marry and, and, and start a family. We, we were too young. So both of us agreed, like, this is weird. You know, I came here, so like, maybe I can get a job. I tried a few things. It was a disaster. I lived with her parents for a little bit. Imagine mm. that <laughs> with a brother. I mean, it was a disaster. At that time, you know, I, I can understand why <laughs> I was not their favorite person. But I, I, I said, like, this, this is not working out. So I, I left, and we were apart for a little bit. So you went... So you left back to I went back, where? Cancun, I went back to Mexico, um, Cancun. Okay. And well, I went to Mexico for like a day, and then I said, "This is not for me either." So I went to Cancun, uh, and then I, I ended up in Canada. It's, it's a crazy story, but uh, I lived a few years there, and as I'm living. In so, so here, let's rephrase. So you 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 met your uh, wife now, your love of your life. You met her. You you uh, you know, she left. She came back again. You saw her. You met her. You're like, okay, hey, and I, let's let's live together. You come to Houston, live with her family. You finally figured out, man. You know what? This is not working out. I don't want to be here. I can't find a job. Go back to Mexico City, and then go back to Cancun. And then after that, when you're like, oh, I don't like that. This is not for me. Right. And now you said, maybe I should try Canada. And right. you end up in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and you end up Canada. Yes, I was a free soul. Uh, I went to a few countries. I lived in England for a little bit. And, and, um, I was a little bit lost. You know, I'm trying to look for where I can make it. Now, everywhere I went, I was ready to work. But, you know, in, in England, for example, I couldn't get a job either. They're super strict. Uh, even, you know, so like, just let me be a dishwasher. They wouldn't let me do anything. So I went back to Canada. In Canada, I had, like, the oddest jobs. You know, until I got a uh, work permit and they let me work. And, and I, I, I started bartending, making a life there. And I, I spent like three years there. And um, I was pretty well established at that point. I said, like, yeah, I can make it here. And, uh, but then I said, you know, I'm, I miss my mom. And I, I wanted to go visit. I go visit my mother after three years of not leaving Canada at all. I go to my mother's home. I spend the night. I get there at night. So I just went to sleep, get up in the morning, and the next morning my, my younger brother go, goes to get the mail. And uh, it starts sorting through the mail, and he looks at me, and I knew it was a letter for, from my girlfriend at the time. And it was, it was the, the love of my life. And, and she was, hey, I just want to see what you're doing. I don't know where you are. The only address I have is your mother. So... And I called her and said, why don't you fly down here? And then we go, Acapulco, whatever. And we spent two weeks together, and it was magical. It was like reconnecting again. And we realized that like, we, we're meant to be together. Now, and this is after three or four years that you have disappeared. You went to Canada, went to England, went do all that stuff. We you went back any. to Mexico yeah. to go see your mom. And here comes a letter from your now wife. Yes, and that was for a couple of days. I, w I was just going to go see my mom because I hadn't seen it in so long. And I love my mama's boy. I love my mom. So I, I went just to see her. And the second, well, the first day, really, that I was there, that's when I get the letter. We go to Acapulco, and then we said, let's do it. 
of course, the the parents they still didn't have a great picture of, of me. You know, they remind they remember that Mexican guy with, with long, the long hair, hair and the cowboy boots and bandanas. You know, it was the eighties, so um, I wasn't like the best catch, and I understand that, right? So um, when I when I arrived to Houston, we didn't even tell her parents. She met me at the airport, and uh, I didn't have anything on me. I had my clothes and my bag. That's it. No money, nothing. And uh, we went to the court downtown in Houston, and we got married. And um, it was just the two of us. We didn't tell anybody else. Even the parents didn't know we got married. Mm. And so, so now you get married. <laughs> we get married. And, uh, you know, I just uh, we started working on my, my documents so I could start working immediately. I got my work permit, and um, uh, I, I told her, said, bring me to the three best places that you know in the entire city. Mm -hmm. So she brought me to the three nicest restaurants in, in, in Houston, and uh, they hired me at all three. Okay. And, and, and I had to pick one. I'm like, that one. You know, I just saw it was a beautiful place in River Oaks. Everybody's super wealthy. I'm like, that's where I want to be. So I started working there, and... Um, Started making money right away. I paid for her school, my school, and, and, and we were going to school in the morning, uh, bartending at night. And then um, I, I kept looking at this, this. I mean, everybody's wealthy, right, in, in River Oaks. So I kept looking at this gentleman that would come in a different Ferrari all the time. And I'm like, what does he do? You know, I really wanted to know. What, what is, I didn't really care what he did, so I just wanted to live like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so now let me ask you a question. How long did you, and we'll get to the Ferrari guy right yeah. now. But what did you, what did you, how long did you work at this uh, bar in River Oaks? Uh, well, I continued working there for a while until, until I established myself in the mortgage business. Okay. Because, I mean, you can't be a joke, right? I mean, when, you, when you're in the mortgage business, you're handling very sensitive information from people, you know, their finances and, and all those private things that you need, you need to earn their trust. So let's go back to the Ferrari guy. So I'll tell yeah, the, the story because, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm bartending uh -huh. and uh, going to school and I, and I want to do international business. That was my, my thing. And I even started talking to people, my clients that were in that business, uh, by the way. So like, hey, this is good. But every time I met him, I'm like, they had very poor family lives because they travel a lot. So they were all divorced and it was mad. Like, I don't want that. You know, I want a more stable life. So when they got, when they said that guy does mortgages, I'm like, that sounds good. I didn't even know how to spell mortgage, to be honest, or what it was. Uh, I had an idea, but um, I just said, where, where does he work? Somebody told me his office address. I put my my best suit that I could afford from a cheap store. And, um, and I just showed up. And uh, I, I went to the, the, the main secretary and said, I'm here to see Mr. So-and-so. And, and she asked me, do you have a, 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 <laughs> an appointment? I'm like, no, just, just tell him I'm here to see him. And I guess the gentleman was curious who, who had the courage to go do that, right? He was a very high-level guy, I'm a multimillionaire. And, uh, and they let me in, and I went to his office, which was all the way at the, at the end of the hallway. And I was a little bit nervous, to be honest, you know, passing all these people, right, looking at me like, who are you? And I went straight to his office, and I sat with him. He's like, how can I help you? And I said, I want to work for you, and, and I don't want you to pay me. I just, 
I just want to learn your business and and I'll work for you for free. And needless to say, I got hired on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were working for free. I was working for free. So what did, I mean, didn't this guy look at you like, why will I tell you all my secrets? I I guess he saw something in me. Uh-huh. You know, like if somebody woke up to me right now at, at this point in my life, I mean, all my employees are similar stories. You know, I mean, most of them come from different places. And and, and when I see that talent now, I, I can see it a mile away. Just probably like you can, you know, mm-hmm. who's got it. And that that hunger and, and, and I want to do better. So he knew me. Mm-hmm. He knew I was a bartender. I mean, he recognized my face. Um. But I, I took him by surprise when I said, hey, I, I want to work for you for free. I don't think he was expecting that. And I guess he liked the sound of it. I would like the sound of that, too, mm-hmm. as well. I will hire that guy. So before I knew it, I'm, I'm riding with this guy and his Ferraris and flying on pli- private jets and, and, and meeting great people that it was beyond my imagination. I mean, we would go to CEOs of companies and... I mean, I was nervous, you know, I'm sitting with all these suits, everybody's a you know, $10,000 suit, and I'm wearing my Walmart shirt, and I, I just feel so out of place, but I was there, you know, I always lived the part. I would go meet him at expensive restaurants, and I, had, a, I had an explorer, you know, an old explorer, <laughs> and I would park it uh, blocks away, mm-hmm. and I would walk and do the meeting, do the, the dinner with this uh, important people, and at the end, everybody will be waiting for their ballet <laughs> at the front. And I would just stay with them talking and just wait until everybody left. <laughs> and then I would walk to my, walk back to to my explorer car. 10 blocks away. Yeah. And uh, so so how long did you work with, with this guy? It was a while. So um, during that time, that's, that's when, you know, you start building your credibility, right? So... I mean, I was fearless. That, I think that's what I can share with, with the younger generation. Now, you got to be fearless. You got to give it all you got. You know, just go for it. You, you may fail, but you learn something. So I, I never hesitated of introducing myself. But of, of course, people didn't take me seriously. You so know? I'm, ass- I'm assuming after a while, he started paying you. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like chunk change okay. because of the legal side apparently there was something to do that you know you that's slavery (laughs) so uh yeah he paid me like just just enough to stay away from jail yeah and um i i had cards you know like mortgage cards and 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 what is a mortgage card i'm sorry i mean my business card oh business cards but imagine i'm behind the bar making drinks for my clients and i will pull hey if you want a mortgage let me know i mean of course it was laughable Right. I mean, I didn't get too many business out of that. And I'm dealing with multimillionaires. So, I mean, I, th- I think they, they thought it was cute, but obviously I wasn't doing any money on doing that kind of business. Like, yeah, my bartender did my mortgage at that time. Maybe other types of jobs, maybe. But when it's like giving you my finances and my, my W-2s and tax returns and all that, you don't give it to your bartender. Right. It's not that easy. So. That was a very rough transition, right? During that time, I had to go to mobile homes to take applications. I mean, I did people all over outside of Houston, you know, because they're the real people <laughs> that wouldn't talk to me. So I would go sit at the table of families in mobile homes. No, no offense, you know, but it was, it was, uh, it was. You got to start somewhere. And it was very difficult to explain, you know, the numbers to them, but I had a lot of patience. I would just sit there. And I really care about these people. You know, I always had that 
Robin Hood mentality that I wanted to help my Hispanic. And that's one of the reasons why I'm here. You know, I, I, will, I like to help people naturally. That's in my, my DNA. And even though it was so difficult and sometimes I wouldn't make money, mm -hmm. um, I would just do it. I call them tickets to heaven. And um, even even my employees today make fun of me because I still do them today. So, oh, there he goes with his ticket to heaven. Because it's super difficult to do. You don't make any money. It's it's incredible difficult to, to do. Uh, people that can sign here or sign there or they don't know what, what they're reading is very difficult to do. Uh, but I still enjoy it. I mean, I'll tell you one just quick experience. One time I had this, this family. They had uh, burglar bars in their windows but because they live in a very dangerous neighborhood. And I did the, the, the appraisal and the bank that I was doing the loan with at the time I uh, said, no, we can't do that is because if there's a fire in that place, um, those people will, will die. And, was, and they, they looked, they had no latches and stuff. And I said, yeah, but if they don't have those security fences, <laughs> they will also die because somebody will break into their home. It's, 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 you can't win, right? So they say, I'm sorry, I cannot help you. So I swear to God, <laughs> I went on a Sunday uh, to this family's house with a tool to remove all the burglar bars from every window and every door. And there were a lot of them. And we removed them all. And he didn't even have the tool. It's like a, like a special tool that you need, like yeah. a backwards uh, thing. We didn't have it. Uh, we did it with pliers and whatever. So we took them off, all of them. I sent the appraiser again. They did the appraisal without the, <laughs> the burglar bars. We closed the deal, and then the guy comes and said, like, can you help me put him back? I said, yeah, I guess. So I went back to his house and, and the two put him back because that's, that's the safety for his family. Yeah. And I did a million things like that, you know, that it was, now when I look back, I laugh because it, it was it was a funny experience. But like, dude, I want to help you, you know? And, and they were in a much better situation when I helped them do that transaction. And then uh, I'm still friends with a lot of these people today. Yeah, so, so Eduardo, Tell me, let's walk back right here. And today you own Rock Mortgage, right? Correct. And, and uh, you know, I know you had owned another one previously, and we'll talk about that in a second. But let's talk back about when you started working with the Ferrari guy, okay? And we're going to just call him a Ferrari guy. And you, work, <laughs> you worked over there, you learned a little bit. Now, you know, he's paying you chump change, you're working at the bar. But you want, now you have figured it out, I want to be in this mortgage business, And, and you start going to trailer homes, smaller homes, you know, rougher neighborhoods, getting it done. How hard was it? And did you ever get discouraged? Was there a time you get discouraged? Or was that a time that you're like, you know what, this is good. I'm, I'm going the right way. I'm going to keep going. I mean, what happened? Tell us a little great, bit of story. Great question. Uh, in fact, you, you definitely get it how, how it works. So at first, um, I, I've always been super driven. So nothing really brought me down. You know, that's that's my nature. So until this day, you know, I get up and I go and I'm excited and I love every day. So uh, there's very few things that can bring me down. But there was a time, you know, because I wanted to be Robin Hood for my Hispanic friends or my Hispanic uh, race in, in general. So you know what? I want to help my people. You know, I know people try before, but I'm going to be the first one who can help them. I mean, we all have said that, right? And... And I did my best, and uh, like I said, I helped people. They didn't speak English. I just helped people in in, in trailer homes and, and very dangerous neighborhoods and so on. 
And what was disappointing to me at one point in my life was that a lot of these people unfortunately lied to me and and I lost a lot of money because I would pay for their appraisals out of my own poor earned money because they didn't have money to pay for their own appraisals. Mm -hmm. So I would pay out of the little money that I made on the prior loan to help them out just to later on find out that they lied to me. When I, when I looked into their eyes and said, look, if you're not telling me the truth, I'm not going to be able to help you. And they, they will bring the whole family to, to my office sometimes. You know, they bring the grandma and the cousins and like, I just need you, man. Uh, but they will bring everybody. And, I, and I, in front of all these people, they will tell me their story. And then throughout the process of the loan, I will find out that half of what they told me was not true. And then we, f we find out with documents, you know, one guy, for example, built a second floor in their house. I said, you have a permit for that because if you, if you just build it, that's not legal. Oh, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I told the HOA, I went to da da da, -da whatever. I said, okay, I need those documents because they're going to ask me. Perfect. I paid for the appraisal. I did all those things. And then he kept just giving me the turnaround. No, I, I'm going to get them to you. I'm going to get them to you. Until I took action, I called the HOA. I said, hey, listen, my client cannot find his documents. Can you help us with this? And the HOA told me, oh, we told that guy a million times that he could not build and he went and built anyway. So, I mean, a, a lot of things like that happened to yeah. me. And I was disheartened. I'm like, dude, you lied on my face. And now you're not winning and I'm losing money, not even not making money. I'm working day and night for this. So there was a time in my life that I called my mother and like, I cannot do this. I mean... I try to help them, and, and, and I at one point said, I have some clients that I call the unhelpables. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing I can do. If you don't help yourself, I cannot help And you. what did your mom say when you called her? Um, she, she's just like my rock, you know. She yeah. just built me up, and don't worry about it. I keep going. And I, so I kept going. I said, I'm not going to let it bring me down. And so I just kept going. All right. Well, good. So so you work with this guy, and, and then so when did you when did you think, you know what, I think it's time for me... So before I ask you that, how many mortgage companies did you work with before you said, it's time for me to open up my own? Good question. So first I worked with um, the Ferrari guy. The Ferrari guy. Then I made a big mistake. You know, I, I, uh, I, got, I got an offer from a bank, a big bank, very popular bank. You know, I, I, so I'm not going to name names because I don't want to bring in this yeah. personal thing. But I know a lot of these people still today. So uh, I went to work for a large bank. Uh -huh. One of the largest, per se. And uh, thinking that having that name on my business card was going to help me grow. And uh, I, was, I was wrong. You know, that, that's when I realized. I went from this guy, the Ferrari guy, with an incredible operation. One of the best I've seen in my life. Even better than what I have right now. I mean, at that time, this guy had three levels of a whole level of processing, a whole level of underwriting, a whole level of producers. I mean, this guy had it going on, but I didn't know at the time how to mm. compare it. And then I go to work with a large bank and I see it's a total disarray, uh, terrible communication. I didn't even know where my files were. I had to lie to my clients to tell them right. just to keep them appeased. And that's when I realized, I said, you know what? I gotta do this on my own. I cannot be working for somebody else. Mm. And so, so then what happens? So then, uh, then I started doing real good. I started working with one of my, my uh, good friends and making really good money independently. Still under their umbrella, but independently. Mm -hmm. So basically using their lines of credit. And I started doing real well, and that's when the mortgage, the mortgage cows uh, happened. 
And uh, I, I, that's another story that we didn't talk about earlier that um, uh, that's what tests you, you know, that uh, obstacles will always be there, always, one way or another. So during the mortgage chaos, I was a broker, mortgage broker. And saying mortgage broker was a bad word. Remember the news? Yes. Oh, mortgage brokers create, created all these problems. So he was, I was ashamed to say I was a mortgage broker. You're talking about 2008. Right. And all my colleagues, all my coworkers, everybody ran away like everything was on fire. And that is one of the, the biggest tests I had in my entire career. When uh, I just had recently bought a, a, a big house, my, birth, my first big house. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden... I'm not making any money. And on top of that, I'm treated like a criminal uh, for no reason. I mean, we didn't do anything wrong. Like <laughs> this was the whole system. And then they blamed us and it was pretty bad coming out of that. So I had friends that went to do all kinds of different jobs. Like I have a good friend, again, I'm not going to name names, but started uh, uh, buying cell phone towers. And every time he bought one, he would get a check like twenty, thirty thousand dollars, and and I couldn't even pay my stuff. I mean, I was sleeping with one eye open, putting everything on credit cards. My wife didn't even know because if I told her, I know she would bring that stress on me, and I couldn't keep going. So I kept that all inside of me, and I didn't sleep for months, you know. But I kept going, and I would see my checks, my friend bringing the checks, and say, "Look, man, come with me. We can we can buy cell phone towers." I'm like, I know I can do that, but how many cell phone towers are there? That looks like a pretty <laughs> temporary job. You're going to make some money right now, but what about tomorrow? So I said, no, nah, I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in what I do. And I kept going. Little by little, you know, I started cleaning up the name of the mortgage broker. I said, like, yeah, there's some bad apples, just like in any other business. You know, car salesmen have a reputation, but there's some good guys. You know, same in their business. Like, there's a lot of good guys in my, in my profession there's the bad apples, and by now, I think they're gone, most of them. So that was one of my other goals. Say, like, you know what? I believe this is a noble profession. I help a lot of people get into homes, which I love what I do still today. It fascinates me. Mm -hmm. and, and I think I can clean this reputation, and, and I just kept going. Okay. It was rough, but... Uh, so you know. so that, that whole 2008 to 2010, 2011, I mean, you know, housing market crashed, mortgage business crashed. And then, I mean, I, I mean, of course, after that, so let's just say 2010, 2011, you, you try to clean up your name, start working. What happens next? So I join every possible group there is. And this is what I try to teach, you know, younger generations. Like, you can't just, things are going to get hard on any business, right? It's a roller coaster. So sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. What are you going to do when you're down? Are you going to run away and start doing something different? Or if you have a passion to do what you want to do right now, first pick the passion and then go for it with everything you got regardless of what happens. So that's what I did. Instead of running away, <laughs> I have a funny story of one of my realtors that we're still best friends today. Um, well, at least I consider him my best, one, of, one of my best friends. Um, is that I had one client. I was going to every B&I uh, meeting in the morning, you know, givers gain, and I have a group of people and we would ex exchange businesses. So I was there at seven in the morning. I, I will drive hour and a half in the morning to get there, do that meeting and then go to the next meeting to the next meeting until, and then I will do presentations at night. I never stop. I was, I was dedicated. So one of the things that I did, it was like, I had one client, one that was decent. 
So I, I called, um, I, I found this group. I joined this group for realtors that was costing $500 a month. Mm. And I had to put on a credit card because I didn't have the money. So my credit card bill was building up and up and up. And on top of my everything else, right? Mortgages and you can imagine. So I'm putting this thing just to be a part of this club. And I call this thing. I'm not going to name names again. I don't want to get anybody in, involved. But um, I uh, um, I say, who's your best realtor in this particular area? So the name came up, right, from three or four different people. So I called this guy out of the blue. You know, that's my specialty. <laughs> and, and I went to interview him if he was good enough for my client. But I was acting like I was the big shot, right? I mean, you always have to act like you own the place, right? Yeah. So I had my one client, and I went to, instead of saying, hey, can I have your business? I said, I'm going to give you business, but I want to know if you're good enough to take care of my clients. So I went to his house. He invited me to his beautiful house in Piney Point, and, um, and we sat by the pool, and, and I interviewed him. And he was just telling me how good he was <laughs> and all of that. And I just gave a straight face, you know. Uh, okay, I think you might be a good fit for my clients. And it worked out. And then from then on, we've been, we've been doing business ever since. So, so basically you, you send all your clients to him and he brings them? No, I mean, I, I, we really, as, as mortgage brokers, we don't have, or bankers, however you want to call it, we don't have that many clients that don't have realtors, right? It's the other way around. The realtors bring us their customers. That's mm -hmm. the first stop. And then we try to approve the loan. Is that is that the chain? That's the chain, it? yeah. I mean, from very once in a while, we you get, get one, one and you get, okay. So that's why I had to milk this one. I had one client that needed a realtor. So, <laughs> so you want to make sure that he will bring you customers. Well, I, I first give, right? First give, give, give. Maybe you will get something you, in return. You know, uh, I listened to uh, Gary, uh, Gary V. You know, once in a while, Gary V's, uh, I don't know if you ever heard, listen to him. His whole thing is like jab, 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 right hook, you know, give, 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 and then right hook to ask for it, you know. Right, right, right. But right. first, give, 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 give. You know, you got to give it for free, wait a lot before you ask for That's something, true. You know? and, and that's the mentality. Bring yeah. value. And, and I mean, you know, that's, you know, like, that's what you're saying. You give it first before you ask. You know, and, and that's how the world, a lot of people don't understand that. They want to ask first. Exactly. Can, exactly. You know? That's not how the universe works. And, and that's why, you know, I, I've learned so much from different groups. Uh, I've been a number of, of networking groups. And, and everybody has their own system, their own theory. But I can tell you this. For any new business owner or, or somebody who wants to grow their product or whatever, I'm telling you, for me personally, BNI was huge because number one, I was dedicated. Number two, I didn't go there to take, you know, and that's the policy. That's that's the motto of, of BNI. Is that's the, that's their their phrase: givers gain. You have to give, give, give without expecting anything in return. That will come back later, and and that really sounded with me. So that's why I joined, and not only joined, I always became the president and the treasurer and the, I wasn't just there to sit by the wall, you know, like a lot of people go there to see it and they think they go, that's enough. That's not enough. You know, every time they say, Hey, Eduardo was the president already this year. Who else wants to be president this year? Everybody will be like, 
<laughs> lower their heads. Yeah. I was like, I'll be the president again. So <laughs> I was the president of every group of, of, of every networking thing. And if you, if you have that attitude, not only, I mean, if you think about it, who's going to pay attention to the guy in the corner, right? Nobody. Nobody. But if you're running the show, even though we're on the same level, right? Anybody can be president. They, 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 they change that every year, but nobody wants to do it. It just takes a little bit of work. You run the show. Uh, but at the, end of the meeting, commitment, commitment. at the end of the meeting, everybody comes to talk to you, right? Say, so, hey, I, I, I like what you said, or uh, I want to be part of the group. What do I need to do? And then you establish that relationship. If you're sitting by a wall, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. You know, Eduardo, uh, you, you know, you're pretty successful in, in uh, mortgage business. And I mean, you know, now you got a really good, uh, solid mortgage business. You call it rock mortgage, almost rock. as solid as a rock, right? We call it rock rock. Uh, bottom rates, rock, bottom rock rate. solid service, rock mortgage, Houston. That's yeah. a, that's what the motto is. Okay, <laughs> that's our little motto. So, so uh, you ever thought about and and you know, you ever thought about hey, you know what? Maybe I should be in some other business. Uh, I had a, a, a funny experience, you know, that uh, when I first started in the business, I um, I was invited to one of these networking groups, one of the many. You know, I went like you said, every every every. every Every invitation that I received, I accepted. Mm -hmm. I was Mr. Yes Man. Uh -huh. You know, like, whatever. It's a midnight by the river. Let's go. I'll meet you there. Uh -huh. And I will be there with a suit, you know, my cheapest suit, but I, I will be there. And they invited me to Ignite, one of the first meetings ever. I mean, that's the first thing I ever heard in my the, life. The electric company. Yeah, selling electricity. I'm like, I loved it. I, I heard this pill. I'm like, this is golden. And, then, and on top of it, it's like, I sell houses or I, I'm involved in the whole transaction. I go to every closing personally, and it's a perfect opportunity right there to say, hey, you're going to get light for your house, uh -huh. right? And um, I sign up immediately. I pay my membership. <laughs> I got my business card, so big night. And, and I, I still, I'm, I'm not I'm not this and at all. Uh, this, this uh, what do they call it? The pyramid groups or whatever. Yeah. I, I think they're brilliant. If you do it right, you're you can make a lot of money. And I saw it. But every time I went to a closing, even though my clients weren't very savvy at the time, you know, they were like average per, uh, people, and they loved me during the process because I did all these extra things. Um, but then when I thought the moment was right, after they signed all this documentation, I they owned the house. Then I will do my my move. I will open my suit, <laughs> pull my car, and say, "Hey, by the way, if you need electricity, uh, go ahead and sign here." Da 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 da. And I can tell you that one of my skills that I that I got from bartenders is that I can read people, mm -hmm. and I could see the disappointment in their eyes mm -hmm. when they looked at me because they looked up to me. And then when I start, "Hey, you want to buy a gold watch?" You know, I started feeling like the, the jack of all trades, like. I thought you were my mortgage broker. Now where did you sell? And no one ever said that to me. I just felt it. So the first time I felt that, I'm like, huh. And by the way, they never signed up. Mm -hmm. So I, I said, hey, here's a card and whatever. And then I would call them back. Hey, did you ever get a chance? And they will be like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it, whatever. Like they, they immediately thought less of me. Yeah. Uh, and it happened to me like four or five times continuously. Every time I did it, every time I felt it. And that's when I realized. And that was, I was a very young man. But I could see that. So like, you need to pick a job. You need to pick your passion and become the best at what you are. Don't, don't spread around. You know, I have a lot of clients that, that go, oh, I'm not going to do surveys and appraisals and title and this. 
but you're not going to do any of them well. My take is that just pick what drives you, what gets you up in the morning with, with, with passion, and go for it and become the best at it. There's always room for improvement. Yeah, have, you're talking about have a main dish and, and eat that. I, I, look, I, I have nothing against side hustle, right? Oh, well, I can make a little money opportunity. Comes. For sure, for okay, sure. Okay, that's fine, you know. But but having a main business, my my whole idea, my whole ideology is have one business, excel at that business, right. focus on that. Don't spread yourself too thin. Because you only have 24, like, you know, you have said that earlier before, you only have 24 hours a day. Right, how are you going to apply them? How are you going to apply them? And well, if you have six sure. businesses... It's like they need six attention. I mean, it's just like having six girlfriends, you know. Yeah. Which, <laughs> you know, what is it? Is it one for Monday, one for Tuesday? You rest on Sunday. Right, right. None of them will like you. It, it, they're going to be married work. to somebody else, by the way. It doesn't work. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't work. I agree. Become the best at whatever you choose. There's no right or wrong answer to whatever drives you, right? Yeah. But once you find that passion, give it all you got. Because I guarantee you, you can try all your life. You know, thriving for perfection, you're never going to achieve it, but you can never stop trying. And there's always going to be the next guy who comes along and starts doing your business better than you. Exactly. You got to be on top of it. So, so again, let's talk about this 24 hours. What, is, what do you believe in 24 hours? I am super uh, passionate about that. Like, time has always been so valuable to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 I adore my children and and my family and so i have to make sure that i put the time in there because otherwise if he was i would just be working and working and working and creating and so i have to physically stop myself you know i'll give an example if, I, if i'm in my home office on a, on a saturday working and and i'm focused you know i have my coffee i love coffee <laughs> so i have my coffee i close my doors I, this is daddy working time right now you know we'll play in a little bit but when i'm working i'm working i go outside uh, to refill my coffee and, and my wife starts talking to me when i'm in my my mode <laughs> I, I stop her story right in the midst like you know what i i want to talk about this we'll talk tonight but I, i'm in a mission right now let me finish this and then we'll continue this story i'm so focused i get up in the morning i work out I got to take care of my health because if I don't work out, I feel like I, I my day goes wrong. Uh -huh. So that's another thing that I highly recommend, and we'll talk about that in in a in a, in a little uh, more detail in a little bit because the importance of working out to me is is essential. Um, and every minute of the day matters to me, you know. So even when I'm having fun with my friends and we're in a, on a Sunday, I have this part of me that I feel like even though I'm having a blast with my friends, I'm not using my time to the best I could. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes, it does. And, and I don't like it. I'm not saying it's, it's great. I, I, I'm more of the live the moment, enjoy the, the, what you have in front of you. I, I agree on that. I believe on all of that. I'm just saying me personally, I always have that on the back of my head that I need to be creating something. Yeah. I cannot sit around. I don't understand people that sit and watch TV for hours or or even play golf. I, 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 if I'm playing golf, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Are you a golfer? I tried a few times. I, I'm a tennis player. I like yeah. tennis. Yeah. But golf ne never. I, I tried. I, I tried a few times. I, I, I'm just. <laughs> first of all, I, I, I can't. I can't take the sun for four hours. Houston is very hot. You know, during the summer months, 
and uh, and I, I I can't do it. And I mean, you know, I've played before in the like you know winter and fall and 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 spring, and it just takes too long. Four and a half, five hours is just that's what like to me is. But but I all all the respect. It's a tough sport, man. I, yeah. I I admire it. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. So let's let's go back to your you know today you have Rock Mortgage, but I know you had told me that before you had another mortgage company with another partner and I know things didn't go right over there. Correct. Okay. And and the reason why I'm bringing that up is I don't want to talk about that story a lot. But you know, sometimes when people face failures, they think, you know, hey, I'm done. I got betrayed, I got this, I left, I lost this and, and they want to they want to fold. Right. So and 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 I know you had a little story if you don't mind telling us. Absolutely. Uh, uh Me and this other partner, and again, I'm not going to name names. I don't have any hard feelings. Like I take it as a lesson, like anything else in life. And we had a pretty good thing going on. We we um, we got together when when the market crashed. It was it was more of a survival move. I th I'm pretty sure for both of us. Mm -hmm. You know, like we needed each other. It, we we made a decent working uh, partnership. I don't think we liked each other as much. We were completely different people, and But at the same time, our work ethic was was similar. We both were. In fact, I, I that's probably one of the first people that I can say work even more than me. I mean, it was like, okay, go home. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like he would sleep gladly at the office if, if he could. So we worked very hard, both of us. I, I don't take that away from from my old partner, and um, and. We hire people that uh, were professionals in the business, but I didn't really like their personalities in some ways, and we didn't really get along that well. So I was never 100% comfortable there. And uh, things went wrong legally. There was all kinds of stuff. They decided to go separate ways. I, again, uh, the roller coaster of life, I, I left everything behind, nothing. I left without any money because all the money that I we used to make, I used to put it in the company. I mean, we really we were making good money, but everything we made, I mean, I paid my my basic bills and my mortgage and whatever, and everything else will go back to the company. Invested more in the company. Everything was was custom made, beautiful, everything. Uh, so I stayed at the office till this day is there. So, but again, it's under the bridge. So um, instead of going back and, and, and going to legal issues and whatever, I, I made a very difficult choice. I said, you know what, instead of going through that, I'm gonna go forward. And I just I just kept going to start again. And that's when uh, uh, Rogue Mortgage uh, started happening because me and my partner today were pretty much two very good producers Uh, and and since I didn't have an office at the time, I called my, my friend Mike. I say, hey, man, do uh, you have an extra desk <laughs> that I can borrow? That was 2013, 2012, somewhere in there. And like, yeah, man, come on board. And um, I started doing my own thing in a desk next to him in a little office somewhere. Nice. And um, we started creating something from zero. He had his thing going. I had my thing going. And I just started calling my existing clients. Hey, I'm starting a new company. Whenever uh, you need anything, let me know and so on. And we started getting from scratch. And then uh, we started hiring people based on their personalities rather than 
being professionals at, at the skills. So we said instead of uh, hiring people that we don't like because they're good at uh, being a loan officer, why don't we hire good human beings and we teach them the skill? And it was an experiment. So we hire a few people and then we hire our first uh, Marine. We love our veterans. So we have a lot of veterans in, in, in Rock Mortgage and we love helping veterans buying homes and all of that. So they're amazing people, the vast majority. I mean, I'm sure that like anything else, there's bad apples, but yeah. the majority are, are incredible human beings. So discipline and focused and loyal and all those things. So um, I, I can't relate to all of that. You know, I think if I was born in this country, I would have been a Marine. I would not, I, I would not hesitate. If I was born exactly as I was in Mexico, I have no doubt that I would have joined. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I, I can relate it completely. So this kids come in and, and he started doing a great job and we taught him the skill and he started becoming really good. So, and, and we started expanding from there. Who do you know that is just like you? And immediately, good people know good people. Just like bad people know bad people. Mm. So uh, the good person say, who do you know that is like you? Immediately, oh, you got to call this guy. Bring him in. The next day, bring him in, hire this guy. And teach him the skills. Boom. Same thing. Who do you know that, who's your best friend of, of the two of you? Without a doubt, this guy. Bring him in. And we've been doing that ever since. Now we have a team to die for. I mean, we have engineers, Marines, geologists, I mean, you name it. It's, it's amazing, top-of-the-line people that not only learn fast, because now they're the best loan officers I know in my entire life, processors. Everything they do, they do it to the next level. And they're best friends, so they, they have created a camaraderie and a community within the company that there's no micromanaging. You know, I mean, for the longest time, we had to beg them to go for lunch. They would not go to eat. I swear to God. I'm like, you got to eat. Oh, no, sir, I got to finish, uh, whatever. And they will keep working until 9 at night. Like, you need to go home, man. <laughs> Please, go home. And, and they will show up on a Saturday on their own. Like, that's the kind of people they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they won't just Dedication. shut the lights and go. I mean, they, they care. And they I care. love them all. That's good. So, you know, you hire good people and let them, let them do let Teach them, do them the, the skill. Teach them the skill. And let them do the work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I want to be. I want. I, I want to be. Uh, you know, uh, I want to respect your time, and I, I understand that. You know, I told you it's going to take a little hour, and we are reaching to a point we can sit over here and wire to talk for for days. I feel like oh, you're. I, I feel like you have a lot of <laughs> stories and a lot of wisdom you can share with us. But we are coming to the time where we want to kind of limit our our thing. I want to be respectful of your time. Let's just say today is the end of the. Uh, end of your life you happen to live a hundred years you know saw your kids grow have great grandkids and you know saw everything wrote a lot of books went through you know went through motivating inspiring helping people given like what you say you love to do um but you know they, they come to you and they say eduardo today is the day you're gonna go meet your creator uh everything goes with you your books your tapes your podcast everything but here goes a pen and a paper and want you to write three things in this pen and a paper to share with your future generation, your kids, the rest of the world. And this can be three things that can be like keys to greatness, three ways to live life, your three truces, things you admire the most. What will they be? Well, uh, great question, by the way. Um, I mean, of course, as you can tell, I, I, I can go for miles. I get, <laughs> I get stories to share, but uh, the, the, the things that I 
respect the most. And like I said, my goal in life before I die, I, I want to be a, a, a motivational speaker of some kind, you know, or not necessarily motivational speaker, but I want to, I want to inspire people to do better with their yeah. lives, one way or another, you know. And that's one of the reasons why I accepted to come here today. Um, I hope that I inspire at least one person, you know, to say like, hey, you know, right now in my life, I'm not in the best place that I can be, but I'm not going to stop until I get there. So that's what I admire the most, and and one of the things that uh, that is always from the day I read it years and years ago. Zig Ziglar is, is, is a great uh, example. Uh, Jim Rohn, all these motivational speakers. So they literally just gave me that uh, a path okay. to follow. And, and it was like reading what I already have inside of me, which is, you know, you can have anything in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. When I read that as a kid, I was like, it's so simple, but so meaningful. Uh, 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 and, and if you truly live your life that way, truly, you know, you got to be grateful. You got you to gotta give without expecting anything in return and, and mean it, you know, because there's a lot of people that fake that I'm helping. It's like those guys that film themselves giving food to mm -hmm. homeless people, but they, they just want to feed their ego. No, when you really really want to help somebody you don't announce it to the world and you don't do it because you want the fame or to expect anything in return that's the one thing if you live your life that way i guarantee you the universe will give you back in return number one number one another thing is the same thing with jim jim Rohn. uh said uh success is something you attract by the person you become that phrase is so deep to me uh because again it's so simple and I'm a simple man, but I like to overthink. And that's the thing that, that if you are chasing success, you're never going to reach it. You know, if you're just chasing being a fake or being a mediocre or whatever you do, you're never going to reach it. So what you do, and this is what I try to teach my children and my, my team at the office, work on yourself. All the other stuff will come later. You don't go and pretend to buy the Ferrari. You know, it's like the guy who wins the lottery and spends all the money the next day. He doesn't know what to do with it. That, that, that happens universally. Because mm -hmm. they're not prepared. They're not ready. They were not supposed to get it. You don't, you know, you don't get a plan just by putting the bean on the, on, the, on, the, on the ground. You have to grow and learn. So that's not going to happen automatically. you got to work on yourself. you got to work on your skills. you mm -hmm. got to learn every aspect of life. Mm -hmm. Uh, that would be number two. And number three would be be grateful forever and be authentic, grateful. I think that grateful, uh, uh, being grateful is probably one of the most, the most important trait of any person. And, and by that, I mean real grateful, that you're grateful of every day you have in your life. When you get up in the morning, mm -hmm. uh, I swear to God, this is a true story. Before I set a foot on the ground every single morning, I say a prayer in my mind, and I thank God before I put a foot on the ground every single morning since I can remember. I did it this morning. Every single morning, like, I cannot get out of bed be before I truly thank God, and I go to bed thanking God for that opportunity to have another day. If you live your life with those simple facts, you will succeed. Yeah, be grateful. I mean, you know, that's, gratitude is super important. Exactly. And, and, and that same gratitude towards other people will bring all the stuff that you're searching for. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. All that is very secondary. Work on yourself, be grateful, 
work hard and give and give and give. It will come back. Yeah. And you know, um, you said gratitude is it's kinda it's kinda funny you said that like, you know, um sometimes when people are like, you know, they 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 have a failure or setback or they get betrayed, right? And if you ask them, well, what are you grateful for? And they, they might think, well, everything has disappeared from their life, right? Right? Because they are they feel like deceived, they feel failure. And and you if you ask somebody most of the time the nine out of ten they'll be like, I don't even know what I'm grateful for. But but you know, what we forget is like we're grateful that we're living. For sure. You know, grateful that we can watch, listen, you know, all those things. I mean, you know, we forget. And I mean, you know, people born in third world countries sometimes don't have no food, no no clean water. And I mean, you know, in this country at least we have all that stuff. And oh, more. I mean, that alone, you know, just just if you are fortunate enough not to even be born in this country, just to be in this country. Yeah. Even if you are in the poorest neighborhood in this country, you already have a, a, a foot ahead of everybody else in the world. And the opportunity in this country, I'm a true believer. When when I love the United States of America. And when somebody says something wrong about it, I agree. Like If you don't like it here, you shouldn't be here. Get out. Get out. <laughs> this is an awesome country. It's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. But there is not a better place on earth. And I'll sign that with blood. This is the place to make it. I don't care who you are, what you look like. Yes, there's racism just like anywhere else. Don't use racism as a excuse to not make it in this country. Michael Jordan didn't sit in the chair and cry in the corner. Neither did any Mexican like myself. Like, oh, my God. Everywhere I go, they call me Mexican. Yeah, because I'm Mexican. I mean, uh, I'm not offended. Um, that's where I'm from. I love my country, but I still think that this country has far more opportunities than any other country on earth. Yeah. So. You know, one thing you said, you said, uh, and, uh, you know, before I end this thing, and uh, I wrote this, uh, said, you know, you can be born anywhere in the world, right? And if you are born poor, you stay poor. It's very hard to get out of the poverty. If you're born in any third world country, it can be anything. It can be Mexico, it can be Colombia, it can be India, it can be Arabic country, China, whatever it is. If you're born poor, okay, most chances are 99% you'll stay poor. Unless True. you get lucky, number one, or or you do something that is highly illegal to advance right. the world. Right? But if you're born poor in America or if you're poor, your circumstances are poor, you can change it. Look at you. You Without know. a doubt, I'm just one of a million stories that, it, the, the, and like we talked earlier, the immigrant mind. When you come here, uh, and you know what you left behind, like I did, and like many people from many other other countries say, like the opportunity that I didn't have there, I have it here, and I'm not gonna stop until I get it. And that's the immigrant uh, way of doing it. Like a lot of people are born here, and they don't appreciate. And I understand it. You know, you don't have anything to compare it with. You don't know how good you have it. Right, so I understand the mentality, but somebody who has been through some very difficult uh, circumstances and they come here and they see everything around them is it, so much easier to do in this country. All you got to do is get up in the morning, do what you have su you're supposed to do, and don't give up until you get it, and you will get there. Well, Eduardo, if someone says, "Hey, you know what? It's easy for you to say it, man. You're Eduardo Adame. I mean, you got a nice car, nice house. I mean, you know, you know, nice family. But Eduardo, look at you got everything going on." I don't have nothing. What would you tell them? Great question. I would say uh, you have everything. 
You are in United, well, specifically somebody in this country said you are in the United States of America number one. You have two arms and two legs. You can speak and you have access to anything you can think of. Maybe you know, you're not going to go to Harvard right away. But if that's your goal, you can make it to Harvard if that's what you want. Or if you want to start any business, any opportunity that you put your mind to it, I don't care what you look like, how tall you are, how dark you are, how wide you are, it doesn't matter. If you want it, you can get it. And so, I have no doubt you can do that. So you know what? Uh, I wrote this, and I mean, you know, I don't want to talk too much about it because, I'll, you know, but I'll tell you a little bit. I wrote this, I said, uh, and I think I made a video about this too. I said, you know, when I was, you know, uh, when I was a little kid, I thought, I, I looked at America and I thought, the tree, ever, you know, the roads are made out of gold and there's a money tree. When you need the money, you just go and shake it <laughs> and the money falls. And I still believe it, that there's a money tree in everybody's house. In the front yard, in the backyard, there's a money tree. If you want the money, you just got to go to the tree and you shake it and the money falls. And a lot of people might think I'm stupid for saying that. And they're like, well, I don't see the money tree. All I say is if you want to get that money, you still got to get on the tree. You got to get up off your couch. True. You know. And I'll tell you one more thing that we just, I didn't speak of it earlier, that visualizing, mm -hmm. just like any other sports professional, right? And I, and I read this many times that every sport professional, before they perform what they're going to do or do the basket or whatever sport they play, they visualize it and then, and, and then it happens or the best they can. Uh, I'll, I'll just say one quick story. When I was at my worst time in, in Canada, I, uh, I didn't have any money. I didn't have anywhere to go. And I was like, okay, I, I'm a pretty good drawer. That's one of those God-given talents that I never use, but I can draw. So I, I, I grab a pen and a piece of paper, and I draw, and I just uh, uh, did a sketch of my dream house. And I was just messing around with a, with a pencil, and I put that folder somewhere, you know, and, and that was, you know, 30-something years ago. And, uh, and then I found that folder not too long ago and I looked at it and it looked just like my previous house, that it was my dream house that it will be like, oh, imagine having a house like this. Now my house is even cooler that, <laughs> than the one that I dreamed of that day. But when I looked at it, oh my God, it was like the floor plan and the house that I already had. So... In essence, and that's what I tell my employees, like everything I do now, I do it for you and to leave a legacy because I like to give. But I already surpassed my wildest dreams today. Mm -hmm. And I'm so proud of that. Anything I do from now and uh, uh, ahead is, is, is a cherry on top of the pot. And that's when I realized like even the house that I own today is beyond my wildest dreams. And so I'm, I'm already way past. And I think anybody can achieve that. Now... The goal is to give till the day I die. Awesome. Thank you so much for Eduardo for coming over here. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your stories and everything with us. Hopefully I can get you back over here in uh, you know in a couple of months or a year or something, you know. <laughs> we you know I know you said you like to write, so uh, we would love to see you write like a memoir or a book or or something like that it's, and I would love to bring you over here. Well, awesome man. Thank you so much. Pleasure man. Thank you for having right. me. This has been fun. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Eduardo Adame. I know a lot of y'all might have. And uh, his interesting story is something that catches a lot of people's attention. Guys, if you like it, you think someone can benefit from it, please share it. Start a group conversation with it. If you're listening to this uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts, 
please don't forget to rate us and leave us a review as we really depend on those reviews and those ratings by you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Now let's go out there and make shit happen.